one of my youth, you know, I did student ministry for almost two decades, 18 years, and uh, I had one of my youth from the class of 87, had been a former youth pastor, youth worker, net worker, currently was serving as a hospice chaplain and serving four Methodist churches in South Alabama. Um, he had the flu, had a relapse. Last Sunday he preached, he went home, did social media, did his thing, laid down and didn't get up Monday morning, passed away. Jesus took him home. So yesterday was quite a day of celebration and hope and tears and emotions as, as youth pastors aren't supposed to bury their kids. And, uh, but it was the hope of the risen Christ. So that, and the men's breakfast of the day, and baptism, I'm like, God, this is awesome. So I'm kind of looking forward to this afternoon to just going brain dead. And there's this little bitty football game, Sherry, coming on the TV. And, 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 and right now, if I could just have you two stand up. Sherry, would you stand up right here? Y'all are sitting on opposite sides. Uh, Val, would you stand up right here? I'm going to split the church. Look at this. No, look at this. You tell me our God doesn't unify and he doesn't love us. Come on, put it, put it again. There they are. Two opposing teams. Two opposing teams, but they love Jesus. Amen. All right, so I don't know how I masterfully got out of that one, but I did. Well, we're excited about today, this weekend, and the family meeting to come, but I want to I share with you from God's Word. So if you have a copy of the Scriptures, would you turn over to the book of John, the 10th chapter? We're walking through little verses in John with the great I am statements of Jesus. Jesus made seven I am statements. He, in, in the book of the Old Testament, he says, I am who I say I am. I am that I am. And in this, we have talked about the bread of life. I am the light of life. Last weekend, I am the door. And today, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd. This morning, yesterday, as I'd finished a very taxing weekend i i'd not walked early because we had the breakfast and stuff here so i went out and did my hour walk and as i was walking i was just endorphins were kicking i was praying and the lord was ministering to me about being a, a little shepherd i'm a little shepherd jesus is the great shepherd and i was thinking about our church so i began to pray and call as i do often and i called nancy and i couldn't get her but i just let wanted to know her. i love her and i remembered mike's passing a year ago and jesus is great and then I called uh, Gloria, and Gloria's struggling, guys. She's been having some stability problems, and the flu has hit her and some stuff. So would you all pray for Gloria also? And it was just this whole thing was just ringing in my heart that you're a shepherd, and you're to shepherd the sheep, you're to care for them. And so this theme has just been running rampant in my heart, and it's kind of the theme of my life. I want to I be a good shepherd, but I know who the good shepherd is. His name is Jesus. So... I think there's a picture, it's kind of dark, but maybe you can see it. I am the good shepherd of the sheep. I, you know, I've always been intrigued. We used to live in a neighborhood, and we would, but then we would come out of our neighborhood, and we'd ride down Bell Road, and, they, and there's always exotic animals. They used to have this one house. They had buffalo and deer and all this. But this other house on the other side of the street, they had sheep. And I used to go over there, and just I was mesmerized by watching sheep. Of course, if you grew up in Israel, if you were walking around the time of Jesus and disciples, sheep were very common. I mean, how many of you have a pet sheep at your house? Yeah. How many of you count sheep before you go to sleep? How many of, how many of you count lions and leopards? You see, I mean, you know, you count these little things. Here's what I know about sheep. Sheep are dumb. They're not very smart at all. And they're afraid of water. 
So they have to, when the psalmist in the 23rd chapter says, and he leads me beside the still waters, he was given a physical illustration, but he was really talking about who? You and me. Jesus was saying this. Humans are not very smart. And some of you are like, now stop it, stop it. Have you seen all the degrees I have? Have you seen all the things I do at work? I'm not saying you're not intellectually smart. You probably are. But sometimes, how many of you would raise your hand and go, I do some dumb things sometimes? Here's one of the dumbest things that ever happened. I was thinking about youth ministry this week because I'd done it for so long in the land past. And I remember one morning, it was not him. He was a smart kid. But one of his peers called our house one morning. It was about 6 a.m. And Donna picked up the phone, and this was the words of a teenager that was 15 years old that was brain dead. Here's what he said. Miss Donna, I wanted to know, what time is the 7 o'clock bus leaving today? <laughs> and I was very, and, and, and Donna got off the phone, and she was very kind. She goes, honey, it'll be 7 o'clock, you know, you need to get there early. And she got off, and she looked at me, and she goes, one of your smart youth just called us. He wanted to know, what time was the 7 o'clock bus leaving? And you see, I, I just make fun of that because sometimes we just ask dumb questions. Like people ask me all the time, what time is the 10 o'clock service? And I, don't ask you. You go 10.15, 10.20, 10.25, whenever I feel like it, I'll get there. But, but sheep, they'll sink. They'll drown without a shepherd. They will eat the grass down to the dirt. They have to be led just like us. So we need a shepherd. And we have a great shepherd. We have a good shepherd. We have a chief shepherd of our soul. And sheep need a sh shepherd because they're just not wise. And yet, when I think about that, I think about how many times do I go off in my own course, in my own directives, trying to run my own life, making poor decisions that don't end up very well. Like most people today, chances are you probably don't know any shepherds. I, I, I've been to Israel. I, sure, I met a shepherd or two, but I don't know any shepherds. I don't live next door to shepherds. That's just not a part of the economy or the part of what we do in the U.S., much less in Alabama and Montgomery. But the good shepherd was like a great image, a great metaphor of the Old Testament and the New Testament. And Jesus would talk often about these things, but he would talk about sheep. And, and, and yet we always see this um, Christian art depicts so many times the good shepherd, but it also depicts the crucified shepherd. A crucified Savior. And He is a crucified Lord for us, and I'm grateful. But He is a great champion. He is a chief of chiefs. He's the chief shepherd of our soul. So in, in Jeremiah, in Ezekiel, and other passages of the Old Testament, you would see that they needed leadership. They needed direction. He would, he would talk to them about, in Ezekiel 34, Jeremiah 23, that these shepherds, these weak, these false shepherds, they're leading you astray. They're leading you into false doctrine. First Peter, uh, other books of the New Testament, they would talk about false doctrine. I would tell you so clearly in 2020, there are false shepherds out there. You need to always look and hold it up against this book. And the church said, if they don't come from this book, if they don't teach this word, if they begin to reduce and subtract and take pages out of Scripture, run and run quickly. And the church said, I will do that, Pastor. See, if I ever decide I'm going to quit preaching from this, then I beg you, don't come back. Go find a place that will preach God's word. So we continue to go through this. And these Old Testament uh, people, they would claim that they were good or they weren't good. And they said, who is good? When Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. I am the shepherd of your soul. He is good. In the Greek, the word is chaos. 
And it's translated good, which means noble, wholesome, good, beautiful. That's Jesus. He is a beautiful Savior. He is a good God. Aren't you glad this morning that we celebrate a good God? You know, this weekend, I was so grateful for the good Father that he give grace and comfort to all that I've met with and all the ones that needed strength and for Lynn's daughters as they make their ways back to Texas today and all how life will be so different. But yet, we do not grieve as those that do not have hope because we have hope in the resurrected Christ. That's what it means to be a Christian. You have Christ. He's a master shepherd of our soul. The role of the shepherd is to guard to protect, to feed, to shelter you through life. And through the storms of life, we, we run to the shepherd of our soul and say, Jesus, I need pastoring. That'd be a word for shepherding. I need shepherding, Lord Jesus. I need your tender mercy. I need you to come and I need you to watch over me and envelop around me. Oh, how many times do we do that? We run to Christ, or I pray we run to Christ, or we run to the world, I don't know. But in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15, write it down. It's a great passage. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but we, in all points, were, he was tempted, and as we are, but yet he was without sin, blameless, perfect, holy shepherd that we run after. The idea of this good shepherd, it's repeated over and over. And, and bad shepherds, when I, I look at bad shepherds today and when I look at uh, those in contrast with the bad shepherds of the Old Testament, they're, they're running in, in a wrong direction. And, and, and basically they always lead you to destruction. But a good shepherd, the chief shepherd, the Lord Jesus, he leads us to a place of healing. He leads us to a place of peace. He leads us to a place of comfort and strength and answers and refreshment do you not love the refreshing presence of jesus that's why we gather on the weekends to say lord we need you you're our first line of defense the shepherd would know that the first line of defense they had or the sheep would know the first line they had was their shepherd because their shepherd protected their shepherd was concerned about them he watched out over them and we need that kind of shepherd because the old hymn says we're prone to wander we're prone to leave the God we love. You know, that's just like me and you. Oh, I love him. I make declarations. But, that too. But sometimes if I'm not, <laughs> was that Star Wars? Anyway, uh, some, but somewhere I'm, I, I'm prone to wander like I am in this message right now. Okay, here we go. Listen to Psalm 80, verse 1. Give ear, O shepherd of Israel, you who lead Joseph like a flock. Psalm 95, 7. I think I've got it right there. Look there with me. He is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Lord, you are faithful shepherd. You're for me, Lord. You shepherd your people individually. You shepherd your people corporately called the church of the living Christ. And you're here to shepherd our souls. And as an under-shepherd of the Lord Jesus Christ, that's my heart's desire. That's what I purpose to do is to try to lead you into training you in godliness in Christ Jesus that you might one day see him face to face and that you have loved him, you've been devoted to him, you've grown in him. But in, look, look at John 10. Look there at the passage. In John 10, verse 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd 
lays down his life for the sheep. And the hired hand, in verse 12, is not the shepherd who owns the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and he runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and he scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand. He cares nothing for the sheep. But I love verse 14. He comes back and Jesus repeats himself. But I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice. And there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, authority to take it up again. This command I received from my father. Are you grateful this morning that Jesus has the authority to take up life and to speak over death, and he is the resurrection and the life? That's the hope of Jesus, man. That's the one I celebrate every day, and I pray you do, and if you don't, maybe you will after today. Tony Cook, I was reading him about the 23rd Psalm. You always have to kind of think about the 23rd Psalm. Yesterday I was in funeral mode, and they had it on part of the bulletin for the service. And it's just kind of a, a, a section. Of course, I always love to proclaim gospel, as I did yesterday, and I was talking about Nicodemus and stuff. But as I think about this, the 23rd Psalm, and we repeat it here periodically, and it's so powerful. But let me just say some things that he is, because he says, The Lord is my shepherd, shepherd, the good shepherd. But let me, let me just write, I just wanted you to write some words down. For some of you, you're going to pull a pen out for the first time in church. For some of you, you might take the first note. For some of you, you're much too astute for that. You have, are going to memorize everything that I say. So I will have a test before you can go to the Super Bowl this afternoon. So you better write it down, okay? You're like, Pastor, you ain't big enough to stop me from that Super Bowl. Here, here's some things the 23rd Psalm teaches. Just write them down. Provision, that's who Jesus is. He's all that we want. He's rest. Oh, I love that about Jesus. He makes you and I to lie down in the green pastures. He's peace. He leads us beside the still waters. Have you ever noticed how therapeutic water is? I love the water. The, the water calms my soul. It's interesting now I'm talking about water today. Baptism. This morning, those people walked into that warm, hot tub experience with Jesus. And they went, I think I'll just stay here for a while. So right now, if you'll look, they're up here watching the service from the hot tub. They're not. But they probably want to. You know, somebody, I, I've had a lot of young staff members over the years, and every once in a while they'll go, Pastor, you know we got that, that jacuzzi up there? I said, it's not a jacuzzi, it's a, it's, a, it's a baptistry. Well, could we turn it into a hot tub for Jesus? You're gone. No. Okay, here we go. Here's what Psalm 23 teaches. Restoration. The Lord restores our souls, thanks be to God. He gives guidance. He leads us along the paths of righteousness. Write down the word protection. We will fear no evil because he is with us. I love that about Jesus, the good shepherd. He brings comfort. His rod and his staff, they what? Comfort us. He brings satisfaction. He prepares for us a table in the presence of our enemies. That means Kansas City Chiefs and 49er fans can sit down at the same table in the grace of Jesus. They can even have fellowship. But let me tell you, let me tell you something. But they will not watch the football game together, will they, Sherry? The other day I, I heard some of them, they were talking. And Sherry's, I'm picking on her because she's funny. And, and, uh, and Sherry said, oh, no, I'm a serious fan. I, I don't have time for those shenanigans. I'm going to watch the game. That's what you call a fan. 
It's like last night. Have I told you? I got to tell you something. We did become a basketball school, as Nick Saban said, but last night we beat UK. It was awesome. I watched it. That's pitiful. You should have given it. I mean, it was a, and, and I just sat there and I watched it, and I didn't want anybody to come over and interrupt my game. I wanted to celebrate the Tigers. It was fine. You're saying, you're a fool. I want to be a fool for Christ. How about you? But here it is. So here's what he would teach us, satisfaction, anointing. He anoints our head with oil, abundance. Our cup runs over. Confidence. This is for Joel. Surely goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our life. So these are just some of the things that the good shepherd does. In Isaiah chapter 40, verse 11, he will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will carry the lambs in his arms, holding them close to his heart. He will gently lead the mother sheep with their young. That's what Jesus does. He gently caresses, holds, sustains, cares, comforts, encourages us on the journey called life. I don't know what is in front of you and me. I hope and pray fruitfulness and joy and abundance. Amen. But there will be some storms and separation and tough times ahead. But the Lord is the good shepherd. And he leads us because he's able. And he's earned the right. The Father says he is, but he's also earned it through the cross. So the good shepherd, he owns the sheep. He calls, and here in this section it says, he calls the sheep by name. He brings them out all his own in verse 4. I know my own and my own know me, verse 14. I love that. Jesus calls us his own. He has ownership. So the first point, I want you to go to the first point. The good shepherd loves the sheep. Go to the first point here. The, the Number one. There, the good shepherd, he loves the sheep. Are you grateful this morning that the Lord Jesus loves the sheep? Man, he loves you. He's crazy about you. He died for you. He's thinking about you this morning when you woke up. The Lord neither, neither sleeps nor slumbers. He's a sovereign, all-powerful God. He's always reigning and ruling and drawing and pursuing. And Jesus intercedes at the throne of grace for us this morning. The Lord loves us. The good shepherd, you know what the good shepherd does? He invests in us. You know, that's what I want to do as an under-shepherd at Christ Community. I want to invest in you that I might help you on your spiritual journey. I'm like a spiritual doctor. That, that's my job is to try to help you with your soul. Then you go to your medical doctor, and you go to this doctor, and you go to this person, you go to your car mechanic, and you go to your dentist, and you, and you go to all these different people. You, how many of you are excited about what's coming up? It's getting ready for tax time. You go to your accountant. Like, yeah, I don't like him very much, and I don't like her. They're kind of rude. They charge me a lot of money. They also keep you out of prison, so I'd say they're nice people. You know, you know I, I've got accountant friends, and it's, it's just a good thing. So here it is. So Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. We belong to him by faith in Christ. Jesus he says we're his own. It says that we have a personal relationship. He has a personal relationship with the sheep. And the sheep would know the voice of their shepherd there in Israel or any sheep farm, and they would listen and they would be tuned in and they would follow after. I pray that spiritually we would listen to the voice of our good shepherd and we would follow after him that we know that he loves us. Look at the point two. The next one would be the good shepherd is self-sacrificing. He sacrifices. He knows us by name. He knows our story. He knows our background. He knows our proclivities. He, he knows that we're tempted, tested, prone to wander. He just knows we're a mess. And he knows he loves us. But he says what? I am 
one that gives my life away. Look at it there. I am the good shepherd. I know my own. My own know me just as the Father knows me. I know the Father. I lay down my life for the sheep. Remember last weekend I showed you a picture of the shepherd? Where was he at in those sheep pens? He was at the door. He was the door. He was the gate. He protected predators from coming in. Jesus says, I am the gate. I am the door. That's reviewing last weekend. But then he says here today, I'm the good shepherd. And the good shepherd watches over. The good shepherd protects. And I'm so grateful for the ministry of the good shepherd of Jesus Christ that he laid his life down that he might take it back up again. But in laying his life down, he gave you and I what we could not do. He gave us salvation. And salvation, if, if I could talk about, and I, and I could talk about salvation for weeks, but if I, I could, if I could sum up salvation in one word, and my small group knows this, if I could sum up salvation in one word, I've done class after class on salvation. It's called sociotheology. It's just a big theological word. But here it is. Salvation means one. I want you to write this down. If you don't remember anything I said today, I want you to hear this. Salvation means deliverance. Isn't that a good word? Jesus delivers me from sin. He delivers me from death. He delivers you and me from bondage. You know what else he delivers us from? Ourselves. How many are grateful that Jesus delivers you from yourself? Yeah. Jesus is a good, good shepherd. So he runs after, he, he pursues us, he's for us. He has this relationship with us. He leads his sheep. You know, there's a, uh, sometimes I say this expression, another day I was riding down the road, and I, they started talking about it on Caleb. And this, they, this musical couple, they were trying to get a song out, and, and, and the wife just says, he's got this. And the guy said, wait a minute, that's the name of our next song. He's got this. I love that expression. Just write that down. He's got this. How many of you believe God's got this? God's got this mess I found myself in. God's got this universe. God's got my health. God's got my marriage. God's got my kids. God's got this. Exclamation point. Write it down, friend. That's a good word, isn't it? You can even Google it. Not now. See, this afternoon, you can go and listen to this. He's got this. It's a great song. I think it's by uh, Love and Outcome. Matter of fact, I know it is, because last night I said, I, I was just thinking, he's got this, he's got this. I think I heard something about that, and it's a great song. Anyway, I'm making a ploy. We might do it. I, I hope you all are listening. Okay, here we go. All right, I know you are, April. Bless your tribe. May it increase. Here we go. All right, so he knows how to feed us. He's a good shepherd. Isaiah 53, L listen to this imagery of, of a shepherd. All like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to their own way. And the Lord has laid upon him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed, he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth like a lamb that was led to the slaughter. And like a sheep that before it shears is silent, so he opened not his mouth. But he is a loving, gentle, tender shepherd that lays it down. Ezekiel 34 would be a great passage. Just write it, read it later. But they care nothing for the sheep, the, the wicked shepherd. The chief shepherd is always concerned with our lives and our concerns. So the good shepherd loves the sheep. That's what I've tried to tell you over and over. He invests in us. He's self-sacrificing. But look at the third one. The good shepherd gives you, listen to this, the good shepherd gives you eternal life. Eternal life begins the moment you place your faith in the Savior. And by faith, when you receive Christ, eternal life begins. Now, we're all going to live forever somewhere, heaven or hell. 
And Jesus says, and I'll preach on the gospel. I am the gospel in a few weeks here. But here's the thing I want you to hear, that Jesus will watch over us and he will take care of us. And he has this for us. And he is a good shepherd. And he's relational. And he knows us and he knows our concerns. Jesus knows this morning what you're worried about, what you're fretting over, what you're anxious about. This morning, if you just took out your worship guide and you started writing down, there are some things that probably everybody here is a little anxious about. Some have more anxieties than others. What I do know, no raising of hands or looking. Some are probably even taking some medication because of some anxiety that they need a little, I mean, you know, I mean, they, they might be, and it's fine. But there's a lot of things. But I do know that the chief shepherd, the good shepherd, wants to walk with me through the anxieties of my life. I have anxieties. Now, just raise your hand if you ever have a little anxiety. I just want to see if you're breathing. Yeah. I mean, I mean, like, uh, how many, of you, how many of you like it when you get in traffic? D d d does your heart beat a little faster? We, yeah, it races. <laughs> we got Testimony Sunday coming on right now. I remember, I remember we had a lady come to this church one time. And she can't admit she was pastor. She goes, I like you. I, and that's good. You know, that's kind of because I've had them go, I don't, I don't care too much for you. Like, oh, thank you, ma'am. <laughs> I mean, what are you going to say? You're going to stand there and go, all right. She goes, I like you. She goes, but you know what? I don't really like your city. I said, ma'am? She goes, it's too much confusion. It's too much traffic. There's too many big roads. I just do not like this city. And she left. And I understand that. Like, I, I went to seminary in Atlanta. And Don and I do not live in Atlanta. There's a reason for that. I'm serious. I cannot stand Atlanta. I like to go there. I like to visit there. But my best thing is driving down the road in my rearview mirror. Bye! I don't like it. I've driven in L.A. Do not like L.A. I've been thinking about L.A. a lot lately with Kobe, just like the whole country has. But have you ever driven in L.A.? I mean, I mean the first time I ever drove in L.A., I was running late. Imagine that. And I was getting ready to go. And, and, I, remember, and I wasn't quite sure. We didn't have GPS and all those. You know, it's chicken now. You just plug it in and go. But, but I remember I, I, was trying, I was trying to get to the airport. And I remember making a comment. And I pulled in this gas station. I said, I just want to know if I'm on the right road. Am I headed? And the guy Here's his true words. I pulled up to him. He goes, son, get in the car now and stomp it. If you don't, you're going to be sitting there for two hours. Go. I got in the car and I stomped it. Man, you know, my heart beat like this. I'm like, what if I'm going? I'm making good time going the wrong way. Praise God, I made it where I was going. But that did not give me joy in my soul to go, I want to live here, you know. You know, 22 lanes of traffic, just a little bit of exaggeration. But it feels like it. How many, raise your hands if you've driven in L.A. You know what? You know what? The next time I went to L.A., I got a taxi. And the next time I went to L.A. to do something, I got a friend pick me up. I, I just, I don't know. I get anxiety when I drive in places I don't know. Some of you are like, bring it on, bring it on. Because I have a poor sense of direction. See, I'm dumb. I'm wandering. I need a shepherd. You're saying, well, I need a shepherd in this area. So the good, the good shepherd, he can be trusted. Here, here it is. His character is good. His motives are good. His methods are good. His skill is good. His heart for the sheep is good. His track record is perfect. He's the good shepherd. God's never made a mistake. He's never failed the righteous. He is for us. The Lord will not abandon us, but he will lead us if we'll listen to his voice. He is the good shepherd in him alone. So when Jesus does all this for us, 
He wants to be in the leadership position that we say, Lord, I want to follow after you. I want to listen to you. I want to hear your voice. See, there's a lot of voices that we hear today in 2020. A lot of chatter for our attention. And yet, we need to tune in to, we need to adjust. We need to turn the radio dial and adjust and hear the voice of God. Today, I heard it this morning. I've been living a long time, so I've been following this for a lot of years. But I think the day they said, $11 million for a one-minute commercial per minute. $11 million. That's insane, isn't it? I'm like, $11 million. I mean, when it used to be like just a few hundred thousand, we thought, wow, that's crazy. But you know what? So all these people are spending, advertisers, they're spending tons of money today. And we'll see some great commercials today. And we'll see some like, that was pitiful. You wasted your $11 million. But see, they're trying to get people's attention. They want you to listen. And it's amazing what we listen to. The dumbest commercials we remember. Now, don't, 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 don't hey, come back, come back. Don't leave me. Somebody's starting, yeah, I'm thinking about a commercial right now. Don't, 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 don't. Here's, here's why I said that. But I want you to listen to him. I want you to love this book. I want you to love the author and the chief shepherd of your soul. And I want you to spend some time with Jesus every day and learn to know his voice. Lynn, yesterday that I participated in service and did his eulogy. He came to the youth group and he was an inquisitive kid that had 22,000 questions a weekend. Oh God, he just drove me nuts. I loved him. Eventually went off to seminary and he got some of his questions and he even got new questions. But, but I, just, I just think about how he did. But, but I remember there was this guy along the way that I had introduced him to on an inner city Chicago trip we did. And this guy has a tremendous mind for Christ, photographic memory, memorizes the Word of God. And we used to do verse for verse, chapter for chapter. Then he started doing multiple chapters, and I said, I'm out. And then I found out he started memorizing books. I said, you're crazy. But he got my friend. I, di I didn't know this until just the other day. He got my friend when he was a freshman at AUM. And he got him and another friend. He says, hey, guys, we're going to study the Word of God. And they'd memorize 60 verses with me in a topical memory system called Navigators. It's a great memorization for them. But he said, guys, we're going to memorize the book of James. See, I'd have been out the door going, you're crazy. There ain't no way. One of my friends learned three chapters. He memorized three chapters in James. You know what the guy that I did his funeral yesterday? He memorized the entire book of James. He was a student of God's Word. He had learned to hear the voice of the Good Shepherd. So you're saying, well, what's that got to do with us? I'm not saying you've got to memorize the book of James or you've got to memorize Psalm 23 or whatever you could. That'd be great. But I do pray that you'd learn to hear the voice of Jesus. And you'd just say, Father, you're a good shepherd. I make some dumb mistakes. I lose my way often. Would you guide me? Would you direct me? Would you order my steps? And the church said, it's a good word for us. So let's keep going. So the Lord Jesus is my shepherd. So here it is. So he loves his sheep. He gives us eternal life. Look at that. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. John 10, 28. I love that. We don't perish in Christ. We live forever in the goodness of God. He lays down his life that he might take it back up again. But we might have life in him. We hear his voice, but then no one can snatch us out of the hand of our holy God. We are safe and secure in the hands of the good shepherd Jesus. I've got confidence in him. That's a word we've said a lot today because of a little joy. 
I have confidence to be a stronger witness for Christ because of my baptism. Amen. But here's the thing. But we have confidence because of our relationship with our Father, with the chief shepherd of our soul. That's good news. And look at the fourth one. Move. The good shepherd guards you and will keep you forever. He can be trusted. He protects, he guards, he guides, and he nurtures our soul. That's what the shepherd does. The Matthew, the 18th chapter, the 12th verse, says it simply. If a man has a hundred sheep, but one of the sheep gets lost, he will leave the other 99 on the hill, and then he will go off and he will look for the one lost sheep. Now, don't raise your hand, but just in your mind, in your heart. Have you ever been the lost sheep? And Jesus came looking for you. I remember when he came looking for this boy that wasn't a sheep a long time ago. And sometimes along the way, walking in faith in Christ, I can get a little misdirected and I can wander a little bit over to here. And he pursues me because he loves me. But he loves you. Jesus loves you. He's the lover of your soul. Kevin Derryberry used to sing that great song, Jesus, Lover of My Soul. Great song. We, matter of fact, his first Christian concert he did at Christ Community. Anyway, you have to Google it. It's an old song. It's a, it's a great song. I, I got it in my head. You, you ever say a song you get it in your head all day? Especially that little shark song that kids sing. God, I hate that song. Anyway, but, but I love the spiritual songs that get in my head. I just listen to those. Like, Lord, that's truth. That's truth. I want it. You guide me. You protect me. But I, I want to share this. So there is the good shepherd. He guards over us. He watches over us. But in John, in Ezekiel, other passages, the Psalm 23, on and on, you see shepherd. And John, you see the good shepherd. But if you go over to a little epistle book, a little later in the New Testament, there's a guy named Peter, 1 Peter. And he talks a lot about shepherding, and he talks about Christian leadership. And the motive and the attitude of elders and of leaders and of shepherds as they express their love. And in one, Jesus has clearly taken our place as a shepherd and the guardian of our souls. I love that. Jesus is the great shepherd of your soul and mine. May we entrust our hearts to his keeping. In the word of God, it says, he is able to keep all that we entrust to him against that day. That's a great word. So if I give my heart to Christ, I give him my all, he can secure it, he can mark it, he can keep me against the day that I come into his presence and the church said. And that's for you and me, the chief shepherd, the good shepherd. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. And that's God's word for Sunday morning, February 2nd, 2020. 2 2 2020. I just like saying that. It's just cool. I mean, I'm not going to be here. I wasn't here in 11 11. I'm, I'm not going to be here the next. When's the next time it's going to happen? Somebody's already done the math. I will not be here in 30 30. If the Lord tarries, I won't be here in 30 30. I will be with Him. Amen. Hey, is anybody encouraged today about the Good Shepherd? Yeah, there we go. He's here. He's for us. So we'll continue this study in the great series called I Am in the Words of Jesus. We're going to pray, and then I'm going to ask you to do something. Please go get your kids. And then come back, 
and we're not going to have a very long family meeting, but I, I would encourage you, there's some things that we're going to reveal that we want to educate you, that we want to inform you that are going on, and some needs that we have. And, and we're, guys, let me just say it this way. We're a faith family, and we do life together. Today we celebrated baptism. That was awesome. Today we've sang. That was awesome. We've received God's word. That's always great. In a little bit, we're going to have like a business meeting. Aren't you glad that we don't do these on Monday or Tuesday night? How many of you just want to come out here one more night a week and we can just have a meeting that can like mess up Taekwondo and everything else you're doing and let's just have one more night to meet? How many raise your hands if you just want to have meetings seven nights a week? Wouldn't that be fun? I've already served that church, okay? No, we're not. We're just going to do it this afternoon. Actually, we're going to get home and you can make nachos and call me and I'll be there. Okay. Sherry, I don't expect a call. Don't worry. Okay, right. So that, that is it. Hey, let's pray together. And then you're going to go get your kids, and then you're going to come back for a brief meeting. And leadership team, would you get ready? Because you've got some various reports that you're going to uh, inform our body. Father, it is so good today to be in your house, a, a place of hope, a place of refuge and healing. Father, it is fun to sing the praises of Jesus and to pray and to receive the word of the living God. Lord, it was awesome to witness baptism today. Father, blessed be your holy name. May they continue and continue monthly in Jesus' name. Lord, we love you. We adore you, Father. And I pray you would be the good shepherd for all of us. And Lord, maybe we'd say, I don't know his voice. I don't know him. I pray that you would call me, you would find somebody on the leadership team, you would find another brother or sister, somebody you know to be a faith, and begin to have faith conversations. But Jesus, if there are those in here right now, give them courage to ask questions and courage to follow you. Lord Jesus, we love you. You're a good shepherd. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, go get